Hey there, and welcome to the Water Trio podcast, where we are going to be discussing the astrology of the week beginning the 20th of January through until the 26th. So how are you both? Hey, Cass. Hey, Cass. Hi, hey. gals. What's happening? <laughs> well, I mean, just getting settled into the new year. Yeah, yeah. What's happening with you? Same. It's just that kind of crazy... Uh, uh, January phase where we're kind of like starting to wind up our our routines and get back into things slowly but surely. What about you, Lishi? Still getting used to saying 2020 or writing yeah. 2020 and, you know, trying to do that whole, it's, yeah, because we talked about it so much, new year, new decade, and here we are. But, um, yeah, it feels good. Mm. And I also wanted to be, give a big shout-out and thanks to everybody who did um, – contact us and donate to the fires and all that kind of stuff. We really appreciate all the support we've had from our listeners, both here yeah, in Australia and you. overseas too. So yeah. 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 I remember waking up one morning there to a few emails, a few Instagram messages, and I kind of just went, holy shit, did something happen? Or I just think it kind of escalated, but then the news spread as well. So a combination mm. of those things. And I was like, did I miss something? Because, yeah, I've really just enjoyed uh, being as a little bit off grid over the sort of January season, but now we are kind of, well, at least in the last week of the school holidays here in Australia, and we're also, all the mums say that, I'm starting my new world next week. I just don't know. I feel like I'm in this, oh, uh, yeah. oh my God, what's my life going to look like now? So getting into that. But we're Welcome also, to the school mum phase. Wow. Yes, big transition for you, Cass. <sighs> I know. I feel like I'm just on Cancerian overload. Um, in the mum zone, but uh, we're in Aquarius season now. Yes. So, yeah. We're As of week. Monday. Yeah. Yes. yes. So we're in a lunation week. We've got a new moon in Aquarius. And so, yeah, it's definitely we're kind of like turning the tides, you know, in terms of our practical timelines and also the astro timelines. So I think it may – what. You were going to talk about the new moon, Lishi, I think. So it must be me, like, still talking. Yeah. I mean, yes, hello, it is you. I can, okay. I can interject very briefly, Cass, because <laughs> you're going to tell us about one of my top two aspects, not just for the month, but I think this is actually one of the nicest two aspects we're going to see all year. Agreed. Yeah. And yeah. so Cass is going to share about Venus in Pisces, sextile Jupiter in Capricorn. Tell mm. us all about it, Cass. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is uh, – thank you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, it's not going to be as like juicy as the sort of uh, Venus, two Venus Sag aspects that we had last year, mm. Venus, uh, Jupiter conjunctions rather. But now we've got Venus coming along in her, you know, with her best outfit on, nicest clothes in Pisces, and she is coming to hold hands with Jupiter. So what I, you know, in my own uh, subscription, like with my members, what I talked about with this aspect was it's almost like um, Venus is like grabbing Jupiter's hand and going, hey, come on, let's talk about the long term or let's work together and find a solution that's also inspired yet practical um, and working from a practical standpoint around a dream or a vision of the future. Um, so, you know, it's not like the super uber potency that we had last year, but I feel that this can perhaps open up a gateway or a door to possibilities that 
you know, it takes Venus to come along and sort of scoop up Jupiter and say, hey, let's run with this plan or let's do this thing. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's kind of this perfects on the 23rd uh, and that is sort of globally. We don't have our time zone issues with this particular aspect. So yeah, I think that's going to be something to really kind of like, you know, look forward to this week, lending a little bit of extra support, uh, maybe getting some support, support from somebody else, maybe a guide, a mentor, coach or what have you. But, you know, this is probably one of the first aspects that we've had this year that is a little bit hopeful, optimistic, visionary, um, yeah, um, I'm loving it. I could talk a really long time about this, but I'm going to hand it over to one of you two that might like to get a little bit excited about Venus and Jupiter. <laughs> I'll let you do it, Kel, because I know oh, you're grimy. I don't mind if you, I'm like, at least you want to say something. You go, honey. You. <laughs> I mean, it is the two benefics, isn't it? Coming together mm. in a benefic aspect. You know, the sextile is a Venus aspect and Venus is in this aspect um, there's some rulership reception here and that yeah. Venus is in Jupiter's sign. I know Jupiter's not in great condition, but I think Venus is definitely helping out. And so collaboration, connection, increased closeness or togetherness is part of what I'm seeing with this aspect. And the idea of positive connections or something good coming together or being activated or getting a taste of the positive future potential of something. Yeah. So I think you're right, Cass, in the sense that it can be a nice day itself, but it can also be planting the seeds for good things that you're going to work towards in the future. Yeah, we've got a really interesting dynamic. Hey, you know, Venus is in exaltation, whereas Jupiter's in fall. So there's kind of almost like a a dignity extreme happening here. So I get this kind of idea around something Venusian is coming to lift up something that is got a lot of potential or something that has um, inspiration but just might need a little bit of a, a supportive boost. So, um, yeah. What are your thoughts, Leishi? I'm going to do another Lord of the Rings analogy. Um, <laughs> can you tell I watched it over the holiday break? But it was like... Um, when the elf, the elf queen that Kate Blanchett plays, I've forgotten her name right now, <clears throat> when she was giving Gandalf support, it was that, you know, and Gandalf was struggling in a battle with Sauron and she was sending her energy to him. It was that whole idea of the, the feminine qualities that she could bring and the strength mm. and the power that Venus in Pisces have and, you know, and sh the water that she often passes things through was really able to help this figure who had a lot of wisdom and a lot of strength himself, but he couldn't quite get it out there. Mm. And he didn't have the trust and the faith and belief in himself. This was before, this was when he was Gandalf the Grey before he went to Gandalf the White. So it was that whole sense of something that's, like you were saying, something that Jupiter can draw on to help. And look, you know, we were talking last episode about the water. You know, this yes. is this is the two moist planets joining together. So hopefully this will really bring some moisture into that Capricorn energy. And I, I just keep thinking of a watering can on those seeds that you were both talking about, you know, looking forward with that Aquarian season, season um, futuristic view into things, able to bring things in, but actually give them some moisture so that they can take root. And, and and sprout as well in the future. So because if you plant a seed in dry soil, nothing's going to happen. Mm. And I love how this aspect just, uh, you know, happens, 
you know, the moon is in a dark phase and we're just getting now into the new moon, the first non-eclipse lunation for the year. It's yes. my pro tip, you know, this is the manifesting new moon. This is the yeah. moon to plant those seeds where you really want to have the long-term Saturn and Aquarius growth moving forward. So, yeah, like I guess that's my attempt at segueing over to you there, Lishi. I think Kel's first though, isn't she? Oh. Uh. No, 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 it's right. Sorry, that's I've written them wrong on my calendar, the wrong way around. Um, yeah, totally. So I, that was took the words right out of my mouth, Cass. That's exactly what it is. It's that whole yeah. idea that this new moon is the moon to set your 2020 goals under. Yeah, this is the totes. one to look at the future for. This is the one to really settle down and have a look at what the year ahead looks like, what the long-term looks like. You know, Saturn rules Aquarius and Saturn is about time, but this isn't the structured and the heavy and the eclipsy of, you know, our recent um, new moon in Capricorn. So this is a chance to really settle down, look to the future and to think laterally, to think in different ways, to bring in the unusual and the unique. Don't be scared to try something new. Don't be scared to aim for something new. Don't be scared to aim for something big with this new moon. So I feel like, um, you know, I always love the energy of the unusual that Aquarius brings. And as we were talking about on the last uh, episode, that the collaborative approach that can happen with Aquarius as well. So think about unusual connections you can make or different people you can bring in or different avenues you can go down to, to set these goals. I do know that usually it's the new moon in Aries that we set those real one-year intentions out and that's a few months ahead, but I feel like you can definitely give them a good go under this new moon in Aquarius and then refine or refigure or kind of re, realign mm. when we get to that new moon in Aries. So what about you girls? Yeah, I think this lunation certainly, um, yeah, I really like your point, Leisha, about how, you know, the Aries new moon is sort of the new moon of the year. But this is like one that's like, okay, well, let's just not talk about the year. Let's talk about the next three under Mm. this lunation, you know, because this new moon is also going to sort of backlight a area in your chart or in your life that's going to be pretty uh, prominent for <laughs> the next Good little point. bit so yeah. yeah I mean this is really in my opinion a time to really hone in on the topics of this chart I mean of this part of your chart whatever house it is and that is where some work is going to be required you know Saturn um, over the next few years so uh yeah some definite uh insights and takeaways from this lunation and the events that kind of happen around it I think so yeah, I'm really like looking forward to this one, I must say, because I've kind of been chomping at the bit to get 2020 really underway, but it's been a bit stalled. So I think this week is the greasing of the wheels week where we can start to really, uh, you know, just get back on things and and do do the thing, you know, do the damn thing, as they say. Do yeah. so, the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, kill. Oh, yeah. So Aquarius New Moon, there's two things. I don't want to repeat what you guys have said because I think they're all beautiful points. The only two things that I want to throw in is that this is the second new moon since the December solstice. And this is actually the new moon that marks Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. So in the, even though in the West we might focus on the Aries New Moon, the March um, equinox and the lunation around that, in the East, this, this lunation was actually the new year. Um, yeah. 
So there is uh, a historical precedent for actually doing New Year's uh, intentions or thinking about your next 12 months kicking off on this new moon. So I think that's really great. Um, and I agree with what you both said about how this, you know, we didn't get to do new moon intentions under the eclipse because you shouldn't uh, do anything like that under an eclipse. And then the only other thing is that the couple of days, probably the 48 hours before the new moon, which for most of us is going to be Wednesday, Thursday, but just check if you know the time that the new moon is happening in your location, just basically make, identify the 48 hour window before then. That's going to have themes of low energy closure and completion because we will have the moon in its balsamic phase. And this month, the moon will be in the balsamic or dark moon phase while it's also in Capricorn. Capricorn. So there is that real sense of like bumping up with an absolute sort of limit or deadline or ending. And I think if we can put some energy into that um, before the new moon, that we're going to be really well placed to have that clean slate from which to catapult forward when we get to the new moon. So that's really exciting. And also you made a really good point there with the Chinese, this is the start of the Chinese year, and this is the year of the rat. And the rat was the first of the animals to cross the finish line. And he rode on the back of the ox to do it. So he didn't actually do the work, but but it's the whole, it, it really adds into the symbolism of the fact that 2020 is a year of a number of cycles resetting. And so this adds even more into that. It's like that whole of the um, Chinese New Year. It's it's a new cycle with that too, from my understanding of it. So Mm. yeah, it's it's really interesting. So it's almost like that real forward thinking piece that you said, Cass, so beautifully of the three years ahead, you know, what are we going to ground um, with this new moon? What can we do? Because what Chinese animal are you, Lishi? I'm a tiger. Oh, I'm so not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Cass? I'm a snake. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are you, Slithering. Cass? I'm like the sheep goat one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're right? so suited to that thing. Actually, my first ever, ever astrology book was the, uh, I think it was Suzanne White, the um, where you match the star sign with the... Um, Yes. Yes. Chinese yes. Yes. The East West. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I think I bought that when I was like 12. And that was my first ever astrology book. So I've always got like a little bit of a, uh, you know, a sentimental thing on the Chinese side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to study it. You know, all the things yeah. I want to study Vedic as well. Like, Yeah, you have uh, like the the animal of the day, the animal of the hour. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's four branches. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not dissimilar to the Western yeah. approach. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. So, Kel, and what are you talking about this week? I think it's. So okay. I'm going to talk about Mercury sextile Mars, which is happening Saturday the 25th in Canada and the States, and that'll be Sunday in Australia. And this is kind of fun because the moon is going to be conjunct Mercury and both of them will interact with Mars. And I know Mercury-Mars aspects can go either way in terms of being like sharp with words as weapons. Uh, Because this is a sextile, I think we're getting a more maybe palatable or manageable version of the Mercury-Mars combination. It is going to add a directness to communication and conversations. And there's a clarity that goes with that. You know, Mars is very good for cutting through the emotion or the drama and kind of getting to the heart of the matter. And Mercury sextile Mars, I'm really looking forward to. I'm just 
I had personally, I'm going to be teaching my um, two and a half day retreat in Palm Springs over this weekend. And Mm. there's so much that goes into planning that we don't always get to just pick the astrology that we like. We often have to be like, this is what's going to work logistically. And I'm just really happy that we've got such a lovely Aquarius um, kind of vibe. Uh, I know Mars is in Sag, but Aquarius and, and Sagittarius together are both kind of big picture, forward-looking, upward. Mm. You know, they're like, they are looking for meaning and connection and collaboration. So conversations and ideas that are about some of those big picture or more existential type topics. Um, Mercury sextile Mars, I do think it's going to help with a little bit more of an outspoken, direct energy. I don't see it being super aggressive because, as I said, it is a sextile, but I do think we're going to have to be a little bit more like just decide and do you know, the Yoda quote of do or do not do, there is no try. And I think if you need a little bit of uh, motivation to make decisions, this is a very good aspect for being decisive, for being clear, for making choices, for not getting stuck in the mud, for not getting stuck in your anxiety, for not getting stuck in worrying about other people. You're not going to be nasty or aggressive or egotistical about it, but if I wasn't going to be teaching this day, this would be a great day to be at home doing, like I'd call this aspect chore crack. And I think I'm stealing that from a colleague of mine, Austin Kopwick, uh, or maybe Caitlin, I'm not sure. I know I did not invent that phrase, but this aspect feels like that, which is you will be able to churn through papers, emails, decisions, organizing, and just get it done. So the energy of the new moon combined with the enthusiasm of Mercury sextile Mars, I'm really into it. Um, but what do you what do you both think about this aspect? Yeah, for me, um, a little bit similar on the lines of your chore crack. I see this as like choosing your choices. So um, sometimes, you know, if you're like in a rod or you feel a bit stuck or stagnant, what have you, sometimes, you know, Mars can fire up the mind or um, I always see Mars as a planet of choices. You know, you go in this direction, we go in that direction. And Mercury can perhaps, you know, it's in Aquarius can perhaps inspire you to, you know, get a little bit of uh, direction with those choices or the concept of choosing again. So um, it can kind of help, you know, support the, the passion of Mars and Sagittarius or the ideas or the Whatever it is that's kind of, you know, on your Mars and Sag plate right now, Mercury coming along can perhaps uh, you know, get the mind thinking about it. But, yeah, the, the idea of choosing choice or choosing again or being inspired by your actions or choices and things like that is um, something that um, this aspect might be helpful with. But definitely in terms of, you know, even just tidying paperwork, cleaning paperwork or getting things done, you know, Mercury and Mars is um, in air and fire is very much about, you know, the action. And as you said, Kel, decide and do. It's just like choose the choice and get on with it. You know, there's yes. no faffing about. or No must, um, no fuss, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. there's definitely no uh, dilly-dallying around here. It's get get the thing done. <laughs> So please, let's just wait for this week because I'm feeling so cool. Anyway, Lishi, how about you? Well, I just think, I mean, especially here in Australia, this is just a few days before everybody starts to really head back to oh, reality. Oh, central, yep. Exactly. <laughs> the so stationery shops will be filled. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is heading to office works for the back-to-school staff. Yeah. This is heading to 
bicycle shoes and do all this kind of stuff. So it is a bit of the ticking off list. It's it's putting that energy in mm. um, and, and really kind of clearing the mind ready to focus because we have, you know, here in Australia especially, it is a bit foggy. I do realise that this is happening on the Australia Day long weekend mm-hmm. here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, for those who are overseas, you may not know, there's a big debate here about whether or not we should remember this day because it has some... Um, not so great connotations and not so great things that are recognising for our amazing Indigenous people. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not that debate flares up again and and what's Mm. said. But I think the neutrality of the Mars, uh, sorry, the Mercury Mercury, in Aquarius will, it it won't be as heated as it could be. And I Mm. think uh, hopefully it'll actually be recognising the future and what's possible and, um, and really disconnecting from the past and what we can do with this. But, you know, considering the fires and everything that happened, I I don't think there'll be any major debate around this because everybody's mind's focused elsewhere. But, yeah, I just think that I, I totally agree with everything both of you have said, so I don't really want to keep going into it. But, yeah, just that, that kind of the, the clearing of the fog of the, of the summer holidays and, and heading mm. into February and, and Aquarius season. So I like that it's happening because that new moon, I don't think we said earlier, but it's at four degrees of Aquarius. It's happening at 7.41am here in Australia on the Saturday. So, and then this is happening, what, about eight hours late? Oh, 11.09pm. So on the Saturday here in, here in Queensland anyway. So it's interesting that this kind of yeah, it's this fresh clarity, free thinking um, mm. that, that's the potential under this. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's so important, isn't it? Like when we're clear in our mind, everything else gets easier. Our interactions with people get easier. Our mental yeah. stress comes down a bit. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, it's a nice combination of the new moon and then the Mercury-Mars just, you know, within the same sort of 24-hour period. Yeah, and for me, you know, this whole Mars in Sag, one of the, the the positive side of it is the courage of your convictions, you know, being able to step forward with, with your belief system and that is what helps you stand your ground and be courageous, that Mars piece. And I think the Mercury and Aquarius side of things will, will help us with the ethical side of this or the integrity side of this, um, which is always, I think, a key part of Aquarius too. So it's almost like we can really ground ourselves in our higher morals and our higher integrity to, to have the courage to step forward and, and face whatever we need to push past. So, yeah, that's it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. We get to the end of the week so quickly. <laughs> um, and so uh, so was the Mercury-Mars one of your favourite aspects for the week, Kel, you, or for the year or something like that? You started to say that there was a couple that you really liked. Was that one oh, of them? Oh, no. Um, it was just the Venus favorite, Yeah, it's more I always try to look at, like, what's the good stuff. So when I do yeah. my year-ahead webinar, I was like, you know, always got to look at the big things, which can be good or difficult. And yes. then I always try, and of course, there's usually more challenging things. So I'm like, where are those moments Where's of like the, little bits? the yeah. goodness? So yeah, I think the two periods, um, Venus in Pisces in general, and then Venus sextile Jupiter, that aspect. And then when Venus is in Taurus, Taurus. it makes a trine to Jupiter. Yeah, um, I'm a little wary of Venus in Libra this year because she'll be in such difficult aspects, um, opposing the Mars retrograde and squaring Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter. So I think Venus in Libra in 2020 doesn't quite have 
um, the sweetness and the tenderness that she normally will bring. But yeah, so my two sort of like nice aspects just to keep in mind for the year, yeah, Venus sextile Jupiter, which we've got this week, and then Venus trine Jupiter, which will happen, yeah. I think it's in March off the top of my head. Um, yeah, it's nice for her to have a little bit of these, you know, juicy bits before she retrogrades, you know. Yes. Yeah. then after that retrograde, you know, that's uh, – we get a little bit of a different version of her for a little bit. So Yeah, I mean, I know Cass, you and I both just taught 2020 year ahead webinars. So we're like so fresh. Fresh in what's mind. happening this year. And it's so funny that we're talking about this in the new moon in Aquarius week, mm, which yeah, is all about yeah. I don't want to learn just about this week. I want like we're always just all like stuff. expressing yeah, yeah. that ourselves. It's coming through us. Yeah. Um I I don't know if my opinion or point of view is slightly controversial. I'm really looking forward to Venus retrograde in Gemini and I know it's going to have the, you know, the classic kind of backwards redo go over, but there's something about really digging into the nuances and the multiplicity about desire and connection that I think is going to be really educational and really informative. The process might be a little bit uncomfortable for sure, but I think bringing the language component more deeply into the relationship realm is ultimately going to be really helpful for all of us. But Venus won't be retrograde until like the middle of May. So um, we have plenty of time to prepare for that. And I'm sure we'll do a little bonus episode on that. I mean, we haven't mm. talked about it. I'm just like saying that live on air. Maybe that we there. won't. But, um, <laughs> well, we did talk about it in our 2020 year ahead. So oh, yes, if anyone hasn't watched that. that. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. if you need some info now. Have a look on the cards on the right. and that, that Alicia's be found then. a way to link these things. <laughs> Hopefully. haven't. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so you're yeah. looking forward to the Venus retrograde. I think it will be a lot more hopefully positive and revelatory than the previous one in 2012 because back then the South Node was in Gemini. This time the North Node's in Gemini. Mm. So it will definitely temper the, the experience of that. So I think like these little Venus connections, you know, whether she's got sign uh, dignity or she's making a nice aspect to Jupiter or what have you, it does give you that opportunity to maybe tap into what your Venus stuff is about and reconnect to some maybe more of the um, the happiness or the joy uh, prior to the, to the more the underground and internalized and the churning version of Venus. So having Venus and Jupiter come um, uh, together this week, maybe that uh, that chance to really extend yourself for something joyful, extend yourself to something that really makes you happy or extend yourself towards some someone or something else, give it your best shot, you know, put it all out there. And then, of course, you know, in a few months' time, we will have the, you know, okay, well, I did the best I could do. Is it actually good enough? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cass, um, and you started this by asking about, you know, what aspects was I really looking forward to yeah. in general for the year? Did you have a couple or were yours the same or different? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Venus on the North Node as she winds up her time in Gemini. I think that's something I'm, uh, I was quite happy about um, from the top of my head. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, as we get into – once we get sort of beyond, you know, the half point, then we are kind of scraping the bowl of, bar of the barrel for some decent aspects for a while. Um, but, yeah, the Venus-Jupiter, uh, Venus and Taurus, um, you know, personal favourite. Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> Understandably biased. Understandably biased. Yeah. So, um, and then of course the trying to Jupiter. Yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that, you know, earthy, solid, practical, you know, Venusian uh, angle as well. So I think there can be uh, some nice. Uh, and of course the Jupiter Pluto conjunctions. I'm looking forward to those as well. Yes, I think mm. they're going to be powerful. At least yeah. you were going to say something before and I was just so keen to ask my question of Cass that I think I jumped in when you were about to talk. I can't remember. Mustn't have been important. <laughs> Not true. It'll come back even Not in. true. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I mean, I agree with both of you and I'm also really looking forward to the Jupiter-Saturn right at the end of the year the, in mm-hmm. December. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, yeah, I really think that's going to be a major reset mm, yeah just so much that's happening and the explosion po- possibilities of moving into all those air signs so yeah I think the simplest way to describe that because I agree with you I think that is what we're all waiting for right now yeah it's like a once in 20 years type of new moon that's actually connected to a once in 200, 200 year and a years. once in 800 year kind of cycle like it's yeah. a, like a reset for in that of a reset new moon of a reset, way of yeah. like, yeah, we're going forward from here and it's all different. Yeah. Like it's it's a brave new world after then. We just have yeah. to get ourselves to that point with as little internal, external damage as we can, basically. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, totally. That's my cake uh, uh, uh. timer. And <laughs> <laughs> I know we're at the end of this episode. So, uh, so what have you guys got for this week? What's happening? Kel, you said you'll be... Yes, in Palm Springs. Be, yeah, finish up in Australia this week, and I head off to uh, Palm Springs. So I'll be teaching this weekend uh, the retreat. Fun, and this is where I know that aspect has got. Like, if you want to learn or study this weekend, this is going to be a great weekend to download courses or go to a workshop or seek out like-minded people because the retreat sold out really quickly this year. So I know there is that desire to get together in person and and learn and feed the brain. Mm. So I'm just really happy to be able to participate in that. But that's me this week. What about each? What are each of you doing? I know it's going to be a long weekend here in Australia. Yeah. What about you, Lishi? Um, I don't know what we're doing yet because it's my hubby's birthday. Weekend. Oh, yeah, he's so, an Australia Day baby. Yes, he is. Yes. So he was always meant to live in Australia. Um, yes. My husband's not from Australia, but yeah. So I don't know what we're doing. I think I might be trying to surprise him with something. So <gasps> I'm, I'll be a bit secret squirrel about that. But Love it. Um, week ahead, I am... I will have the new moon group, the new moon gathering, so people mm-hmm. can book in for that. Um, and also keep an eye on my website for a webinar in early February that I will be um, launching and also because I'll be doing a monthly webinar series for the whole of 2020. And one other thing is for those who are AFAN members or if you're not an AFAN member, I want to just do a shout-out to the uh, Association for Astrological Networking. We'll be doing a study hall this week and it will be on remediation in the chart with Malefics. So to keep an eye out for that. All the so cats. So that's what we're at. Um, Cass, what about you, Cass? What do you have? A cat. <laughs> <laughs> Winston. My, he's very Venus-Jupiter, this guy. Um, what do I have? Well, I'll be announcing this week a new four-week program. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. So really excited to uh, really get, like, my teeth into the teaching um, as all the Aquarius stuff um, lights up the sky. So, yeah, more to cool. come. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so many exciting things rolling out in the weeks ahead, aren't there? I realise I should give a quick shout-out. I'll be teaching a 
one day workshop in New York on Saturday, February 1st. So that's not this week, but it's the week after. I'm on a bit of a teaching tour for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and yeah, I just realized sometimes people need more than a week's notice for these things. So that's a good heads up. Uh, so it sounds like um, we're going to all be launching and dropping a lot of fun things for this new moon in Aquarius. So that's how you yeah. know it's a good thing. Make sure so, you're subscribed to all our mailing lists and all that kind of stuff. So the $64 million question before we wind up, when are you getting a cat leash? <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> our landlord gave us a definite NO on that one. Oh. So I know I'm looking at those cat cuddles and going, I'm very jealous. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, one day soon, one day soon. Okay, well, you can just come to us when you need cat love. Yes. I'm not even in yes. my own house right now, but I still have cat love. So I know. <laughs> I know, it's kind of the thing, like astrologers need to have cats. Like what they're they wrong? Just, they just, I've got cats chickens. just have good energy. And you have your chickens, yeah. which are also, I think, not quite special. It, I mean, maybe not on a cat level, but they are still quite they're yeah. still quite cool. Chickens are cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, cool. I only officially became an astrologer a few months ago when I got Winston. When you got Winston, <laughs> that's right. That's right. They have good energy. Oh, it was official. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, Thanks, thank you everyone. for joining us for the, I guess, the third week of uh, January. And we really look forward to connecting with you all next week when we discuss the final week of the month and into February. So wishing you all a good week and see you next time. Bye, Bye everyone.